The chief task in life, wrote Epictetus, is simply this, to identify and separate matters so that I can say clearly to myself which are externals, not under my control, and which have to do with the choices I actually control, the choices that are my own. Have you missed hearing from the Stoics? Control the controllables. What are my controllables? Sometimes I forget to concentrate my energy there on my controllables. So today, as I am recording this, it's my birthday week, and I'm going to go on record with a 90-day goal. And you are going to be able to find out across the next 90 days how that goes for me and maybe even be my coach. And I hope that you will consider controlling your own controllables and setting a 90-day goal this summer right along with me. Ready? I'm not sure I am, but cue the music. Veg heads and veg your besties. Welcome back to Veg Your Best, the plant based podcast. My name is Michelle Olander. I'm a certified life coach, a practicing vegan, and I'm here every single week to encourage you to eat more plants and set an impossible goal, whatever that is for you and me, because this week, episode 42. I'm going public with a 90-day goal, and we're going to talk about controlling the controllables. So happy summer solstice, everyone. The weather has been glorious in coastal Rhode Island, and by the time you're listening to this, our family will have just come off celebrating the wedding of our third child, the third wedding in our family since June 2018. Three weddings in three years. Marvelous and a little bit distracting sometimes. You may even hear our grandson and his voice or his ukulele at some point during this recording. We have a full house. So I have even used this wedding and our full house as a bit of an excuse why I'm not ready to tackle certain things or to take certain things off my to-do list. And you know, every time I find myself uh, sucked down a rabbit hole or overwhelmed or fussing about what's required of me or the state of the world or what the heck I'm going to wear this weekend, it's because I'm forgetting to control the controllables, my controllables, not yours or my family's or my community's because I can find myself scrolling or waiting or fretting or thinking I need more of something, more time. A lot of times I think more time, more information, more skills. And I'm allowing some other person or weather pattern or law or economy or election or cultural moment to determine how I show up right now. 
my controllables, according to Epictetus, are things like my opinion, my pursuits, my desires, and my aversions. But what does that sound like for me in my daily life? Well, a controllable is something like my perspective, how I decide to look at things, and my actions, how I decide to show up for things, and my words, what I say and how I say it, and what I drink and what I eat, what I don't drink and what I don't eat, my grooming, clothing, my manners, the thoughts I choose to think, the books I read or don't, the sports I play or don't, the goals I choose to aim for and the ones I keep putting off, more about that later, the people I seek out, the people I avoid, those I cherish, or those I decide to learn from, the time, the money I spend, those are all controllables. The Stoics teach that even those of us without physical freedom and agency still have some control. Nelson Mandela, Victor Frankl, Frederick Douglass, Admiral Stockdale, they're all examples of humans who endured imprisonment, injustice, torture, slavery, and still made the decision to hold fast to the thoughts, the attitudes, the beliefs, spirit that they still had some control over. So go ahead and think for yourself for a second. What choices do you make on an hourly or a daily or a weekly basis? Once we start listing controllables, we typically find way more of them than we think. And yes, I know control, that word has for some of us a not so pretty nuance. You know, they are so controlling or she's a control freak. But that's actually exactly the opposite of controlling the controllables, right? Controlling, well, that's when we're trying to control the non-controllables, other things, other people, externals. And yes, it makes usually for an unpleasant situation. When we talk about what should be different, what's not right, well, that's because our beautiful human brain has this negativity bias. We've talked about that here before. It's really normal and maybe biologically imperative for us to have noticed all the things that are not right, the things that are wrong or are about to go wrong or could go wrong if X, Y, and Z happen or if we take our eyes off the ball. It's normal. And it's normal human conversation for most of us, right? Because most of us talk about what's wrong. The news channels talk about what's going wrong or what recently went wrong or what has historically been wrong or what will probably go wrong and they will bring us that story live it's not weird for us at all in our culture. What's weird is when in our culture you say, hey, how are you? And your friend says, magnificent. 
I'm focusing on cherishing my husband and mother-in-law and feeling exceptional gratitude today for clean drinking water and indoor plumbing. Right? In our culture, that's weird. Most of us respond with what we're struggling with, what's on our to-do list, or the cold we're fighting off, or the unexpected change in our schedules, the things we didn't see coming. Guilty. And I have my theories about this, and they haven't been tested by any means. But I think that as humans who have for millennia lived a very honestly tenuous existence on the earth, what Thomas Hobbes described as solitary, poor, nasty, brutish, and short. People with soap, shelter, and fast food like now have a certain level of superstition about reveling in our good fortune and sharing everything that's going well. So it's maybe more normal for us to connect with each other through our, through our challenges and our problems. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong and maybe some anthropologist or evolutionary psychologist listening today can set me straight. But I think that for millennia, our controllables, our actions, our focus, our choices, our attitudes were directly focused on survival. And not just survival of our species or our families, but survival today, this afternoon. What's that quote by um, Dr. Johnson? When a man knows he's to be hanged, it concentrates his mind wonderfully. You know, when our lives are hanging in the balance as they did for millions of years, there is another level of focus and decisiveness, survival. And that's the world our brains evolved in. Now, for many of us in the 21st century, by no means all, but mostly the people who listen to podcasts, life and death is not an obvious daily concern. We have, well, we have so many options and distractions and our priorities The to-do list most days, it's not to make it through the day physically alive. Not usually. But for so many of us, making it through the day emotionally or psychologically, yes, we all feel that sometimes, and many of us feel it all the time. And when our focus, our actions, choices, and attitudes are fixed on what gets us just through this day, in modern middle America and the industrialized Western world, many of us start to, well, go a little bit unconscious and then wake up once in a while going, where did the time go? Why did I forget to do all the things I wanted to do? And we may even beat ourselves up and judge ourselves as, lazy or broken or not destined to have that thing we thought we wanted. What if even in the most disappointing or difficult part of your life, there are actually things that you can control, things that you could manage differently than the way you're 
managing them now. I can choose what thoughts to focus on about my marriage, my community, my country, my physical body, my work. And I can also focus on all those subjects on the thoughts that disappoint me as well as the thought that inspires me. And you know, that thought doesn't have to go away, that thought of disappointment. The thought that disappoints me doesn't have to stop being true or somewhat true for me to just decide to stop focusing on it. I can choose on what I want more of. Do I want to feel more disappointment or feel more love, more excitement, more opportunity. I know that sometimes this doesn't feel like a choice, but I think it is. The thoughts we think, even the ones that seem so true, they're not always 100% accurate, are they? And sometimes they're pretty accurate, but not very useful. So, Now on to the 90-day challenge. I have a thought that came up on my birthday this past week. As I'm recording this and as I'm preparing for our family wedding, my thought was, you know, I just turned 62 and I have never published a book. I always thought my whole life that I would be a writer. And I have written loads of things. I've been a copywriter. I've written TV and radio commercials. I've written art history articles and more recently coaching articles. I've written podcasts and a lot of things, but I have never published a book and I have never written a book that is ready to go out for editing to be published. And believe me, I can make that fact proof of about a million about a million negative things about me. Things like, oh, I must be lazy. I'm disorganized. I'm very mediocre. I'm a time waster. I might be delusional. I can get kind of victim-y. This is an endless list. But at the top of it, there's only a very normal, basic, garden variety fact that I've never published a book. But then the thought the thoughts I have about that garden variety fact, most of them not flattering about who I am and how I have organized and lived my life. And I bet that every one of you has something similar. Maybe not a book. Maybe it was to learn a language or go plant-based or vegan or move to another city or to the country to perform in public or get a handle on your finances. Maybe it's to organize your home or find a coach or start a side gig or sell your art or photography, get fit, get that physical therapy or yoga or change your career. If you're listening, you know what it is for you. What is it? What comes up for you as the thing you were pretty sure you would have accomplished or done or created or conquered that you haven't. 
usually you'll know when you don't really like discussing it. I think that's a key for many of us. It's usually something we don't really want to talk about because it doesn't seem all that safe to talk about it. We suspect it means there's something a little bit wrong with us. And we worry that the solution will either seem obvious to others and that they'll start butting in about it. Hey, how's your book going? (laughs) Or that others will be like, wait, why would you even care about that? Why would you do that? That's kind of ridiculous. Right? Sometimes we have to look for what part of the dream is controllable. What small piece of it, even though it doesn't seem like it's going to be enough. For the next 90 days, I'm going to write my book by focusing on the part that is actually 100% in my control. But in chair, pen on paper. What are you going to do? What part of your dream is something that you can control over the next 90 days? For the next 90 days, we're going to learn how to control the controllables that have come up in our dream. And how we're going to do it, we're going to do it by letting go of some things. We're going to let go of perfection and self-doubt and worrying about what others think of you. I'm going to write a book for the next 90 days by controlling a couple of my controllables, my attitude, my focus, and a few minutes every day. My minimum baseline, and did you listen last week? My minimum baseline for the next two weeks will be that I log into my Google Doc every day and write a sentence. Once I log in and write a sentence, I am in full integrity with my plan and with myself. And in two weeks, I'll revisit that. I'll revisit what my minimum baseline is. Maybe that will have been too much. Or maybe I can increase it. We will see. And I will tell you all about it here. And if you want to be privy to that Google Doc, I will make it shareable for anyone that wants to email me and let me know what they want to be doing along with me for the next 90 days. Just email me at info at michelleolandercoaching.com or you can DM me at VegYourBest on Facebook or VegYourBest on Instagram. The links are all in the show notes. Okay, and maybe all you're going to be doing along with me for the next 90 days is reading my Google Doc and getting inspired for your 90-day plan down the road. But I would love it if you would choose something to do along with me, even if it seems tiny. So, happy birthday to me. And happy birthday to so many of my fellow June babies that I love. Angela, Deb, Nick, Nayan, Patty, Gonzalo, Blay, Teruka, happy birthday. And whatever month your birthday is in, you've got 90 days ahead of you just like me. Let's control some controllables. Let's establish a minimum 
baseline. And really, if you didn't listen to last week's podcast, number 41 on minimum baselines, go back and listen. Let's get started together on that thing you sometimes think it might be too late for. And we will do it together by deciding to let go of perfection and self-doubt and what others think of you. Veg Your Best podcast production, music, and editing by Charlie Weinshank. Thanks, Charlie. Before you go, it would mean so much to me and the Veg Your Best team if you would hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or share with someone you think might be interested. Something about algorithms, it helps bump us up a little in the rankings, and that's the best way to help others find the podcast and for us to find our audience. So until next week, make it easy and veg your best.